chapter number one, and uh, we'll start off and read, I don't know, 15 to 20 verses. So I just want to give you this whole view of what's taking place here. And as a Christian, uh, we will have trials that we go through. Uh, there will be periods in our life that are not so great, uh, difficult to deal with. And so we're just going to talk about that tonight, uh, trials and how to go through them. I'm not going to tell you uh, other than just give you the thoughts that are given here in Job chapter number one. So you've got your Bible open there. <clears throat> I want to give you just a couple of thoughts in the introduction and then go on into uh, the sermon tonight. The Bible says in Job chapter number one and verse number one, the Bible says there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and he shewed evil. So I want you to look at verse number one. You see just as an introduction that this young, this man was a perfect and upright man. What does that mean? Perfect? It doesn't mean that he was sinless. It means that he was balanced. He was he was complete. It does, like I said, it does not mean that he was perfect. He was an upright man. He was one that eschewed evil, which means he ran from evil, and he feared God. So we're looking at a pretty just man. Not only are we going to look at this man, Job, and because of his, his life that he lived was pretty good as far as what the Bible says and how, how righteous he was. But then it goes on to tell us his substance, what he had. He was a pretty rich man, verse number two. And there were three, uh, there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she asses, and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. So first of all, we see in the introduction is that Job was a righteous man. Not only was Job was a righteous man, but Job had a man, he was a man of much substance, very much substance. Now, I don't know about you, but having this amount of livestock today would make you a very rich man. And if I'm saying that today, back then, he was a very rich man. The Bible says that he was the greatest of the East. So understand, he was a very rich man. He was a very righteous man. Right? right. Now let's continue to read. And his sons, verse 4, and his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day and sent and called for the three sisters to eat and drink with them. And so, and it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone, about uh, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. The sons of God referring to what would be the angels. All right? And so the angels were presenting themselves before God. And here comes Satan. Satan came before God. And verse number 7. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord 
and said, From going to and fro and in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? And that there is none like him in, all, in, all, in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Let's stop there. Interesting thought. As we're looking at this, it, it, is, it is a little bit, makes me wow, me, because God looks at Satan and says, hey, have you thought about trying to attack Job? Jo Satan didn't come to God asking God, hey, can I attack Job? God says, hey, Satan, what do you think about what you think about my 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 son Job? What you think about going to get him? <clears throat> Here's the deal, and then God and then John, Satan goes, no no no, he serves you because of what he's got. He serves you because of his children. He serves you because of his substance, because of those 7,000 this and 1,000 that and 500 this and 500 that. That's why he serves you, God. And God says, no, no, no. He's a righteous man. He's upright man. Have you thought about him? That's astounding to me that God would go to Satan about one of his children. For whatever reason, God says, hey, have you thought about him that way? To me, we see, first of all, in the introduction is that we see Job and his righteousness. We see, second of all, we see Job and uh, we see, good night, I can't even think here. Mine's blank. And we see, second of all, that he, all of his substance, all of, good night, I couldn't even think. All of his substance. And then third is that God says, hey, have you thought about him? Man, it's, it's scary to think about this. Because has God ever said that to Satan about me? Hey, have you thought about that guy down there? But let's continue to read and just grab this whole thing. I, I just It blows my mind. It, it, it really does. Look in verse number 10. And then Job makes a statement. I mean, Satan makes a statement. Hast thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side that thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land? Stop for a second. Satan says, wait a minute, God. There's a hedge around him. Do you know what that means? Satan's tried to attack him before. Satan's tried to get at him before and there is a protection around Job because of his righteousness, because of the way he was, the way that he eschewed evil, because of the way he feared God. There was a protection about Job because of who Job was and how Job lived his life. Satan says, I've tried. You've already blocked me. I can't give to him, God. Because of who Job was. As a Christian, verse 11, But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon him put not forth thy hand. So Satan went forth 
from the presence of God. So stop for just a moment, and we're going to read what takes place. So right then, right now, Satan has been given access to Job. God says, do whatever you want. Just don't kill him. And he moves the hedge so Satan can get to him. But see, what happened is, but what gets me is that Job, and this is just, I, we're getting to the sermon. I, I'm going to get there just a minute. But what gets me is that Job protected his family with the hedge. With the hedge. Because of Job's righteousness, because of the way that he lived, he prayed and asked God to protect his family, and God protected his family with that hedge. You know what that tells me? That we, too, can have a hedge of protection about us. Just like Job did. Because he is of like passions just like you and me. Job had a hedge. His family had a hedge. His cattle had a hedge. His oxen, his asses, his every, his camels, they all, his sheep all had protection because of his prayer time with God. Giving that type of protection. <clears throat> Verse number 13, and there was a day when the sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses were feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee, Hey, Job, they just came and took all of your oxen. They took them and uh, the Sabians fell upon us. And I'm the only one left. Stand. Hmm. Verse 16. And while he was yet speaking, he couldn't even, he wasn't even done talking. He wasn't even done explaining to Job what had just taken place. And while he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and had burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped. Alone to tell thee, there was fire from the heavens and it fell and it Killed everyone. And I'm the only one left standing. While he was yet speaking, here come another guy knocking him down. The Chaldeans made three bands and fell upon the camels and carried them away and yea, slain all the servants with the edge of the sword. And I'm the only one left. While he was yet speaking, while that servant was still talking, There came another and said, your sons and your daughters, they were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house and there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell. And the young men are dead. And I'm the only one left to tell you. Just like that. Everything he had was gone. Everything. His children, 
oxen, his asses, his sheep, his camels, gone. What do you do with it? What do you do with it? Because yet you and I have never specifically been in that situation where we've lost everything. Maybe you have. I'm not for sure. But whether it's losing everything or losing some things, you've been there. You've been in this place where you are approaching a trial. See, this morning in Sunday school, I was teaching about the wise man and the foolish man. Build his house upon the sand, build his house upon the rock. But I said this in Sunday school, and it applies great to this, is that the wise man and the foolish man both had a storm. So it doesn't matter if you're wise or you're foolish. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or whether you're poor. You will experience the storm. The Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. See, Job, there he was living a righteous life, doing exactly what God told him to do. He was an upright man. He was one that feared God. He was one that he shewed evil. Someone that you would think, well, why, why in the world would anything bad ever happen to him? And then the day came, he woke up, and all of it was gone. Because here's the deal. Is whether you're good or bad, trials And I'm a steward of God. How do I treat my trials? How do you treat the bad things that have happened to you? I know old people. Mad. Been mad for years. Because somebody made them mad in grade school. If I'm lying, I'm dying. And you know people the same way. Because they went through something terrible and blamed them and hold it against them for the rest of their life. Well, they wouldn't have done this and they wouldn't have done that. Listen, every single person, young or old, poor, rich or poor, will experience something that's absolutely terrible. My terrible may not be the same as your terror. But where do you go? Where do you go? What do we do? Because whether you're here right now or you've been there, at some point, you'll go through that. The same sun that melts the butter is the same sun that hardens the clay. The sun doesn't change. It's the object in which goes through the trial. What happened to you and I